Hey everyone, this is Sari. This is Fawaz. This is Leon. You're listening to the M4 Podcast. Welcome to the first episode of the M4 Podcast, where we geek about Marvel movies, metal music, and everything in between. In today's episode, we're going to talk about Daredevil Season 3, X-Men Dark Phoenix, Disney's new streaming service, which is going to include Marvel content. And on top of that, we're going to talk about what we've been reading, what comics we're looking forward to, etc., etc. Kicking things off in our Marvel segment, I think this is something we're all excited for, Daredevil Season 3. What do you guys think about this? Uh, yeah, I've been looking forward to a third season of Daredevil since the end of Defenders. Uh, and based on what I've been reading, it seems like the third season is a, a kind of a return to form. Uh, and judging by some of the teasers they've been posting, it's, uh, you know, it seems like the series is far more haunting and eerie. And we're going to get a Daredevil slash Matt Murdock that... Uh, we haven't seen as yet. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Leon, what do you think? I'm pretty excited. Uh, someone who's not heavily invested in the Netflix universe, um, Daredevil is the only one I've seen in full. So it's definitely the one I'm most looking forward to. Yeah, there's lots of, there's they haven't shown a lot, which is kind of cool. Uh, they've just shown these teasers, but just from those teasers, it's just like, it's so centered on Fisk versus Daredevil, yeah. which mm-hmm. is just like, this is like the classic, struggle from season one that we saw because mm. in season two i mean it was still good with the punisher in the hand but there's just this this opposing like force between fisk and 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 daredevil and it's just so it's just so i don't know there's something about it that you feel yeah. like now they're, they're gonna really collide and like like everything's gonna go down and especially if we know that the source material is kind of like born again mm-hmm. where matt loses everything in his life yeah, um, I think this is just going to bring out kind of like the, the daredevil and the beast in him. You know, when he whenever he goes to the father in church and he's always kind of repenting for what he's about to do. This is like this is this is letting the beast out for Matt Murdock. Yeah, and, and and I guess you could say they've kind of been teasing that since the beginning, right? Because mm-hmm. Matt has already has always known that what he does as daredevil goes completely against his uh, life as a lawyer, as a Catholic. So I think this season is really going to show Matt truly embracing some of his more kind of darker inhibitions and really kind of letting loose and uh, going after people like Fisk, going after criminals in general, but I think a part of that journey is just the complete unraveling of not not really Daredevil in this case, but really more so uh, Matt Murdock. Mm-hmm. And we're finally going to see supposedly Sister Maggie, which mm-hmm. is his mother, which, mm-hmm. you know, they've been small little teases and scenes in season one and two, or maybe just season one. 
Um, so it'll be finally good to see kind of that side and why, you know, she left Matt Murdock to be raised just by his dad. Yeah. So, and then let's talk about the villain, I guess, which is Bullseye on top of Fisk. And there hasn't been much uh, revealed about him, just that he's going to be in the season. And what do you guys think? Are you excited to see, like, this character's introduction to the MCU slash Netflix verse? Yeah, I mean, I think that coming from someone who actually liked the original Daredevil movie, <laughs> I know that they'll introduce him well and they'll do him justice. And so I think that you can't really have Daredevil without Bullseye. And so I'm looking forward to that. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting one because like Leon and I think, you know, a secret fraternity of people who, who won't openly go and say this because they're worried about <laughs> how pe- what people will think of you. I actually enjoyed the first Daredevil movie. That's what got me into the comics. Um, I didn't think it was as bad as people made out to be. And I think the problem with the movies, they tried squeezing in too many villains into the first movie. And then of course there was Elektra, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I think in a lot of ways, Fisk is Matt Murdock's ultimate foe, but a close second really is Bullseye. So, you know, I, I'm interested to see how the writers kind of reinterpret him for the Netflix series. Uh, as we know, you know, with the MCU, you know, you know, the original characters, as far as like their, their origins, their actual role, sometimes are reinterpreted. So I wonder if that role is going to be reinterpreted. There, there's a rumor suggesting that I can't remember the name of the actor, but he plays an FBI agent on the show. And apparently he's going to be playing Bullseye. So I don't know if they reinterpret the role of Bullseye as a a crooked FBI agent who is a marksman, a superior marksman who decides to work alongside Fisk in order to nail Matt Murdock and Daredevil. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Or will they go for a more kind of traditional interpretation like they did with Elektra and they did for Stick? Yeah, it's kind of... Interesting that you bring up like the rumor about him because that's kind of what they did with Jigsaw and the Punisher. Basically, because Jigsaw in the comics is just this kind of really like com- like just super over the top comical villain, and you know he has this appearance about him that's very like it's just in the comics. You think how are they going to adapt this to the to the Netflix show? And um, even he, he was even adapted in the second Punisher movie, Warzone. And yeah. that was just way too over-the-top comic-y. But if you watch um, the Punisher series and how they brought in Jigsaw, um, they do it really well. They give this character, you know, he's very three-dimensional. He has uh, kind of his reasons. And, you know, you find out how, you know, ultimately at the end, you can see why him and the Punisher are butting heads. So uh, I have faith that, that Marvel are able to introduce kind of these, like, over-the-top, almost psychotic characters and kind of tone them down, but still have that intensity about them and fully flesh them out for these 13 episodes on Netflix. Um, yeah. Do we also want to talk about, last thing, it's just what a new showrunner is bringing to the show, because for every season now, we've had a new showrunner. For this season, we are having a showrunner by the name of Eric Olson. He's replacing the two people who did uh, season two, who went on to do Defenders. Um, Mm -hmm. and I guess just based on the teasers and like the footage in that, 
I look, mm-hmm. I look really like how it's kind of like a throwback to the first season in terms of like how dark yeah. and gritty it is. I, I, I really appreciate that there's a new showrunner and um, kind of maybe from season two, they really needed to kind of like return Matt Murdock to this really dark place and, and focus on him and his conflict with Fisk. I just want to add, like, I found this quote by Olsen, and he's saying that at the start of the season, Matt Murdock would be broken physically, broken emotionally, and broken spiritually with his heightened senses failing him. Olsen added, he's angry at God, he's angry at the fact that he had risked so his life to do God's work, and he's questioning whether or not he was a fool. So it's kind of like, it's really coming back to Matt Murdock kind of questioning himself and, and his purpose yeah. in Daredevil, which I like. I like that he has this perspective on the character uh, because right. we kind of need, I think it, Daredevil also, as we've already said, it's like as much as a conflict that he has with other people like Fisk as it, much, as it is much himself, a conflict with himself. What do you guys think? As far as like, you know, having a return to form, I don't know if it's possible to kind of recapture the vibe and feel of the first season completely because a lot of that for us was very new, mm-hmm. right? Everyone was waiting for a daredevil that, you know, was very much within the world of uh, Frank Miller, right? From the world of Frank Miller, right? We're looking for that dark, gritty, raw, no holes barred daredevil that uh, fans had kind of been anticipating and asking for. And we saw that full evolution from Matt kind of starting out as a vigilante and the consequences of uh, of his actions. We all see that take place in the first season and that's continued through the second season. But I think my point is, I don't know if, even if, let's say, if season three exceeds season two, I think it's very difficult to recapture what was done in season one simply for the fact that it's a third season. It's, 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 it's unlikely that it's going to change how we feel about the first season because I think like season three could be miles ahead of season one and we might still be sitting here saying now season one is still the best and that's primarily because it was the first season and they really hit it out the park from mm-hmm. the get-go. Um, but you know I- I'm confident that you know the third season will be good yep so I'm definitely looking forward to it it's what from this as of this recording it's what like three weeks out so I'm definitely going to be yeah. binging that um, as soon as possible and down the line expect uh, a one-shot episode where we'll just go into everything uh, about the show and just do a deep dive and get our, our uh, you know, good long thoughts about it. Let's move on to X-Men Dark Phoenix and they dropped the trailer this week and as well as dropping it, they didn't even announce it. They just already in the trailer at the end of the trailer, it's, February 14th, and then the next day it's like coming out on June 7th, I think. Like, suddenly <laughs> there's this huge delay. I don't get what's going on with Fox right now in this movie. I watched the trailer. I know, Fawaz, you don't really uh, watch trailers. Leon, did you end up seeing it? Oh, yeah, I watched it. Okay, so what did you think? So I actually just got off watching, like, over the past couple of weeks, watching all the X-Men movies, um, including Apocalypse uh, for the first time. Actually, the Rogue Cut the real cut of um, oh. his features pass for the first time as well uh, with my girlfriend. And I don't know, I don't feel anything from it. It's kind of, you know, apocalypse left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. And then to put out this movie that's already been delayed, um, they're bringing on a first time director. Like, yeah, he's been involved, but he, I don't think he's directed anything before. Yeah. Um, we know that it's inevitable that Fox and the MCU universes are going to collide at some point. And I feel like, 
they're just kind of pushing it out because they've already put all this money into it. Like they're trying to, you know, not let it go to waste. And I kind of feel like it's, we don't need this movie. It's kind of just rehashing like what's already been done. Just to chime in, um, I actually did watch the trailer. So this is like, the, oh, okay. and, and I'll say like I violated my rule because it's, 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 it's one movie that I'm not particularly mm-hmm. excited for. Mm-hmm. Um, the last X-Men movie I got really excited for was X-Men Days of Future Past. And that to me is mm-hmm. probably my favorite or at least my, my, my top three. Um, but to Leon's point, you know, like I, I feel exactly the same. I, I really don't find myself getting excited about it at all when I was watching it. And uh, with the reshoots and the release dates being pushed back, that doesn't really suggest anything promising. I mean, sure, they are undergoing reshoots for Avengers 4, but that hasn't affected the mm-hmm. release date. And in any film production, reshoots are pretty much a given. You know, you want to, you know, so, so you know, people are going to go back and they're going to fix things they, they didn't feel look right the first time around. That's normal. Nobody's saying that's inherently a bad thing. But when your release date keeps on getting pushed back, and I think this is what, the, the second or third time it's been pushed back? I could be wrong. Yeah, this is, so originally it was supposed to be coming out this year in November, yeah. And then they pushed it back to February, Valentine's Day. I don't know what they were yeah. thinking there. Mm-hmm. And then um, now it's June 2019, and it's yeah. like, what's going on? Like, why why the delays? Why the reshoot? And, and my, 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 my other problem with it, and it just seems like a rehash of Apocalypse, except you're just switching out Apocalypse yeah. for Jean Grey. And I, I, I even broke down, broke down what I think will be the basic plot slash narrative structure. So here it is. Jean and Charles struggle to control the power of the Phoenix. Jean seeks out Magneto for help. Magneto realizes the threat posed by Jean and turns against her, and in the process reignites his feud with Charles, throw Jessica Chastain's character somewhere into the mix, and then after many battles with the Phoenix and many failures, they decide, okay, let's all get together and defeat this thing together. With the power of love. End. <laughs> That's it. That's pretty yeah, much that's it. The thing. Mark my words. That is going to be the it plot. It seems like, I saw someone comment, and it's like, this is like, Civil War for X Men. I'm like, is it really though? I don't know. <laughs> There's, it just yeah. seems. I don't know. And another thing I don't like about these X Men movies is like the ten year time jumps, where it's like, you know, Marvel yeah. does like a year or two, mm-hmm. and you always feel like the movies flow so well into each other. And you know, what happens at the end of one movie, you can directly kind of notice like the character change in the next movie. Yeah. Here in the ten year time jump, so much can change. Yeah, no one no ages, one and then like. At something and some things you can see that like, you know, okay, they're still the same person they were ten years ago. That's not realistic. And then and other things, it's like, what the hell? Like Charles Xavier is now standing because he's on like what what was it in in Days of Future Past? He was on some kind of drug. So it's like all these small yeah like on yeah, some man. things you're like kind of taken aback by like the time jump and they don't really. There's no kind of nuance to it. And then in others, it's like, okay, they're still the same person. Well, I mean, to, to be fair, with Days of Future Pass, I mean, that all like the the, the, the the little things that you notice, like no one's really aged. I think they did a better job of that because that's mm-hmm. 10 years apart. So you could make the argument and say, like, oh, 10 years, maybe you would notice that much of a difference. But cut to an X-Men apocalypse, everyone looks exactly yeah. the same. And the thing that surprised me the most is that 
you know, with the technology that's available to you and, you know, we, we, with, with the awesome makeup crews these guys usually employ, you're trying to tell me that you couldn't throw some dollars into making these guys look older than they actually are? It doesn't make any sense. I mean, they, they look like they're, they're they're like forever young from the 1960s to the 2000s. Mm-hmm. And the timeline is kind of screwy too because it's like, does the first X-Men, you know, does the first X-Men movie take place in the same timeline? Because, yeah. you know, how does Michael Fassbender turn into Ian McKellen, you know, in 1998 <laughs> or yeah. what was it? Like 2001 or 2000, yeah. the first X-Men movie. So it's not really thinking up there. I mean, Days of Futures Past kind of threw everything out the window. It's just like, yeah, oh, I've, oh. I've kind of accepted that this new timeline is like a new timeline now because Apocalypse never came out in the first timeline. Like he, if, if he was such a big threat, like how do we not hear about him? You know? So it's just this, you know, Fox is kind of rolling with the punches when it comes to continuity. A timeline um, where no one ages. Yeah. <laughs> I will say the one thing that I thought was great about the trailer is the costumes. I mean, it's a nod to, you know, not only the original one, yeah. um, the original lineup, but uh, to like most recently uh, the astonishing X-Men from Joss Whedon. I think that, it's about time they got good costumes. I mean, people, I've heard people making fun of it because it's too, like, out there, like, compared to what we've had before. I like, yeah, I especially I like with it. how they ended um, yeah. Apocalypse. It's like, finally, they have the costumes. It's about time that they get, like, the original costumes and, and kind of, like, the core team, too. Like, I kind of, you yeah. when Apocalypse came out, I was interested to see, like, you know, Cy- Cyclops storm and gene but i feel like they were just kind of just minors not minors they were just there wasn't that much focus on them to flesh them out they had like that one mission where they kind of they were escaping from from the weapon x facility and of course they had to throw an wolverine cameo so um i feel like this time around they're more they're more kind of like the main cast instead of introducing them so I, I mean, well, the joke of the day is a Cyclops, even from the original trilogy, has always been, like, underused and underused, yeah. right? And, and it's not just Cyclops. It, I mean, it's also the characters of Storm and the other X-Men in general. Really, I mean, if you think about it, the original franchise, the main players really were Logan, Professor X, Magneto, and Rogue. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the four characters who received the most screen time. Um and I think my, my hope with the new franchise, and I think they did this real like uh, first class proof that you could do an X Men movie without mm-hmm. Wolverine, uh, minus the cameo yeah. that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But you know, they proved you could do a movie without Wolverine. I think the best part about the whole franchise, the new franchise, uh, from starting from uh, first class. Uh, is really the kind of uh, camaraderie slash rivalry between Charles and Eric. And uh, I think, you know, the biggest score of this franchise is hiring James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender because they're, you, you can sense that their chemistry is really, really good. And it all, whenever they get together in a scene, you're, you're taken into it. You're intrigued. You, you don't want to, uh, you don't, you, you don't want to lose focus. They're both brilliant actors. So, I'd say if if there's one takeaway from this entire new trilogy, I'd say that you know, or well, actually, I guess it's a quadrilogy mm-hmm. at this point. At this point, uh, I, I think it's you know that the two highlights really are James McAvoy, and Michael Fassbender for me, and uh, I, you know, I, I suppose my biggest hangup is wondering if they should have in the beginning Fox should have played ball with Brian Singer and 
let him fulfill his vision of a dark Phoenix, which I think he wanted to spread out at across a mm-hmm. two part film, but they completely scrapped that idea, which is what led to X-Men last stand. And we all remember <laughs> how amazing that was. Yep. <laughs> I'm kind of a side topic, but you know, I think we're, like I mentioned earlier, we're getting to the point where we might see the X-Men and the MCU crossover. And I think that, um, I think that, what I'd like to see personally there, and this is maybe off topic, but I'd like to see kind of a redoing um, and just stick with like the original X-Men. I think that there's some characters that have been, you know, they're part of the original X-Men lineup and they haven't really gotten their time to shine in. Movies. You know, you've got Beast and Angel um, and Iceman, which I guess he got a little bit in the original trilogy, but I'd like to see that um, in the MCU. Just go, you know, six or five or six characters there and just, you know, bring in the classic uniforms and I think that we might get something good. I don't know if, like you said, yeah, Fastbender and McAvoy are like the highlights of the new series, but, and I would like to see them more, but it's like, do we use them again? Um, or is that too confusing for the modern person who's going to be like, Oh, is this connected to the other, you know, movies or yeah. not? Or- yeah. And what happens moving forward? Because mm-hmm. Leon, as you mentioned, at some point, you know, X Men, the X Men are going to be introduced into the MCO. So does that mean they completely reboot altogether? And in that case, I wonder if you could actually use um, the origins for uh, Charles and Eric, because at this point, I mean, Eric is a Holocaust survivor, right? So by the time mm-hmm. the X Men are introduced into the MCU, he must be into his hundreds age wise. So mm. I mean, is that? I mean, how yeah, do they that's fix a good that? Point. Um, I think there's just so many like moving parts with Marvel right now, and I find always whenever they reintroduce something that they've acquired the rights for, with the exception of maybe the Hulk, um, they kind of give it some time to be forgotten. So with the Punisher and Daredevil, mm. um, mm-hmm. you know, the Netflix series, they took some time with that. Um, trying to think maybe for the main movies, there was like a villain or a character. Speaking of reclaimed series, um, where's Blade? <laughs> when's, when's, when's he going to pop up? Oh, when's yeah. Where is Blade? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I heard yeah. probably were rumors Marvel was in talk with, with Wesley Snipes, but who knows? Um, mm-hmm. But that's a, that's a good segue into the next subject since Liam brought it up. Blade, so I don't know let's, 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 let's yeah, move on I to think, the next subject. I was just going to add one, is, one uh, thing with, with Dark Phoenix. It's just Mystique. Like, What do you guys think about her like being so persistent so long in this series? Yeah, uh, yeah it's kind of tough to like... Because I guess, yeah, we're throwing the original series out the window, but it's like she wasn't really a prominent character and they're just kind of, I don't know, milk Jennifer yeah. Lawrence as much as they can. They got this big actress that's you know, going to draw audiences, but, you know, obviously she's not, I, I, obviously I, there's, you know, 50 years of history there in the comics, but I don't feel like she's ever been like a crucial part of Xavier's team. So I feel like it doesn't gel well. And like, you just kind of have to assume that something is going to change her stance, but you know, I don't know mm-hmm. that it's ever going to come. Yeah. In first class, it made sense for her there, but and they, you know, they kind of brought her up as, as a stepsister to Charles. But, uh, you know, as the more movies went on, it just kind of got, like, obvious. Like, she, they were just kind of including her for... I liked her in Days of Future Past being kind of this rogue agent trying to, like, liberate mutants. But then yeah. in Apocalypse, it was like, 
okay, she's a good guy now. Like, I pref- really prefer that kind of wild card uh, aspect to her once she was kind of free of, of yeah. uh, both Xavier and Magneto. Because, you know, her being kind of right under those um, two is like, okay, she's just kind of a blind follower. Yeah. But then it's so interesting to see her go do her own thing and try and liberate mutants. I'm not entirely sure what their intention for the character is. I mean, where do they see the character going after this film? Um, do they want to continue to reuse her character? Do they want to reintroduce her in the MCU? I don't know. I mean, I, I guess, again, this is just, a, this is not so much an issue with the character as it is with the, with the new, with the new series of films altogether is that, that they're just rehashing the same you know, the same characters, the same plots, the same narratives, the same storylines over and over again to the point where it's clear that they're not entirely sure what they're doing. And they don't know if that there is, they don't mm. seem to have like an end game planned. So I really do think that they're not just milking Jennifer Lawrence. I think they're just really kind of milking the franchise. And I mean, I think X-Men First Class and Days of Future Past, those to me are awesome. They're great. They, they, the, 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 you know, I think they they measure up to some of the mm-hmm. best films you've gotten in the MCU. But Apocalypse, and I sense with this one, and we don't let's not get into it. But New Mutants, nobody has any clue about <laughs> that. So, and how this all, and then even though I think all three of us like this, I mean, Deadpool is technically part of that universe as well. So. That that entire X Men universe is a complete mess. Mm-hmm. Like nobody knows what's what. So we're just gonna have to wait and see. And I'm hoping that you know if they reintroduce these characters into the MCU, uh, it it sucks that they have to do that. I feel like they'll do a reboot f- for X Men. I feel like they can keep Ryan Reynolds on as Deadpool, but I, I really don't s- see them just like. Putting the X Men in the MCU and be like, yeah. oh yeah, they've already been here. <laughs> They're already here all the time. Yeah. You know, I think so. I think that one thing we can look forward to is that we know that we're not going to get another origin story based off of like Homecoming. I know they know that like the fans know this characters or the characters, I should say, and we're not going to see another you know X Men First Class. We're not going to see another Holocaust scene again. You know, we. Yeah. I think the audience knows. Yeah, Never they'll, they'll make it. Die again. And I, I know Marvel. Like that's the thing with the difference between Marvel and Fox. It's just Marvel thinks it's a long game, and they really map things out. And they know, like, they don't want to rush storylines. They want to build things up, but they also know, like, down the line, we're gonna do this storyline from the comics, or this, we're gonna have this event happen, or this character is gonna go through this change. Where with Fox, it's just like, oh, this is like a big comic thing. Let's just use that. And then they completely fumble and ruin like Apocalypse, you know? I know this is uh, completely off topic, but uh, since we mentioned Uncle Ben's death, you know what would have been cool? A way to kind of reinterpret his death is if they had shown us, if they had at the beginning of Spider-Man Homecoming gone back to the Battle of New York. And basically, oh. Uncle Ben is killed during the battle. That would have been a cool introduction. By, by looters or something. Well, not yeah. By, oh, it could be looters. Yeah, it could be looters or it yeah. could even be killed during the Chitari attack. And that yeah, would have been a, a cooler introduction. Um, yeah. But, like, you know, like Leon said, and like you mentioned, you know, I, I think it's where, you know, Homecoming proved that you didn't have to have like a traditional uh, Homecoming in the same way that Black Panther, you didn't have to have like an origin mm-hmm. kind of story. I mean, the character was already kind of established in Civil War. And you just kind of 
pick it up from there. So yeah, I actually watched. Maybe they can do that with X Men. I watched that yesterday with my girlfriend's dad, and he really enjoyed it. And he he didn't see Civil War beforehand, so uh, for him it was like just. And I was thinking of it through like the point of an entryway kind of like movie, yeah. and it was it was like wow, yeah, they just got straight to the point. You know who this character is. Yeah. You know, if you don't know anything about him. This is who he is. They they kind of put like exposition, and you see him kind of the first big fight scene. You kind of get a, a feel of his powers and what he, what he's capable of, and then you know straight into like kind of the central plot or, or what what you know the rest of the movie. And if you if you think about it, I mean, Civil War really kind of set up future yeah. movies. So it set up Black Panther, set up Homecoming, set up Infinity War, and I guess you, yeah, you could argue exactly. to a certain extent it set up Ant Man and Wasp. And I just realized too, like it's not even um, as recent as Homecoming. I mean, Incredible Hulk. They just did the opening yeah, credits. Yeah, the thing they, they did it. that too in Incredible Hulk. Exactly. Ang Lee's yeah. movie was just out like a few years before. So, so we're going a little over time here. We just want to talk about our last subject, which is the uh, Disney streaming service. Um, yeah. And there were this. There was this news about uh, Marvel will be producing original series um, with the movie actors uh, reprising their roles in the, you know, exclusive Disney streaming platform, uh, original series such as Loki and Scarlet, which were kind of name dropped by, I want to say Kevin Feige. It was definitely like in the news, they, it wasn't just speculation. It was like name dropped these characters. And like, so it's, it's such a huge thing. And I think this is what Disney needs to do to kind of, Mm -hmm catapult themselves into kind of this premium streaming service when you have Netflix, Amazon Video, yeah. um, Hulu, all these other uh, well-established streaming services where, um, they, you know, people have them already and they're like, I'm already getting so much value out of this. Why do I need to pay another 10 bucks or 12 bucks just for this thing where I already have to think, yeah. you know, uh, I already get enough entertainment from this. So, Original content, I think, is like the way to go for these streaming platforms. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Netflix has proven that. Uh, Amazon's proven that, and I'm fairly certain. I could be wrong, but I, I remember there was chatter back in the day about there being like original content that was like published on uh, Crave TV and Show Me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that that is the new trend, and uh, you know, and this new Disney st- streaming service. I was reading up on it. It's not just. I mean, people say, "Oh, just be select films." I mean. It's, more or less Disney's entire catalog. Yep. So that includes all their current titles, so all the latest Disney films from Frozen to Moana to their classic films like Snow White, Lion King. Everything is going to be available on that. Uh, and I believe, service. on a side note, like I believe when Marvel or when Disney acquired Fox, I believe they gained the like the, the distribution rights to the original Star Wars trilogy. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's going to be on the streaming service. So pretty much you can have a Star Wars marathon, a Marvel marathon, yeah. right on these yeah. platforms. Uh, so for Marvel, you just have to wait for, uh, I guess, they, they're just gonna not, they're just not going to renew the deal with Netflix. Uh, so mm-hmm. maybe in like five years' time or ten years' time, you're just going to, there's going to be like phase one, phase two, <laughs> phase three, right there on the platform. So Well, uh, apparently... Uh... So as it stands now, all Disney films, and when I say Disney films, I mean Star Wars, Marvel as well, everything that's slated for release next year won't be released on Netflix. Oh. They're only going to be available 
on the new streaming service. So I think the first proper uh, MCU movie to be exclusively available on this new streaming service will be Captain Marvel. That's good. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, yeah. good, good thing to start with. Um, but yeah, this original content, like the fact that they're going with like big names like Loki and Scarlet Witch, like you have so yeah. much possibility there. Um, I would imagine Scarlet Witch, like, because we've kind of been we've been with her from her origin to kind of at this point now in the MCU, uh, where she is currently dust in the air. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I would guess with her. <laughs> they would probably find a way to do that later. Whatever happens post Avengers four, maybe that would be a good thing. But with Loki, there's just so much potential there because there's all these formative years on, on Asgard where, you know, he's growing up learning magic. I'm sure, you know, his little, how he discovered the little loopholes in and around Asgard. Um, to other worlds you know there's whole possibilities there so uh we can see how the trickster god became the trickster god i guess um i mean they're not necessarily characters that i'm too involved with um i think that showing that um i think adding the original actors to it kind of gives some hope to the streaming service and the kind of money they're willing to pour into it i just Absolutely. hope that we'll see something closer you know big budget rather than you know like what we've seen in netflix and agents of shield like something you know where they'll actually put the money into it and make it look good because these are two characters who are from i'd say like a fantasy background sort of um and they're more maybe loki less so but scarlet witch you know they've got um powers that might take some budget to uh pull off on screen so i just hope that they're willing to push the money further and go rather than just you know putting giving the money to bring the actors in but you know yeah. putting the money into the shows and making it good not to throw shade at dc but um their streaming platform is coming out and um i guess the only thing that i've seen so far like clips of is the titans show and that just looks horrible yeah. and low budget yeah. um yeah. I, and i think like yeah. i think it's good that they're doing a platform and I, I think they're also including like a comics kind of like a Marvel unlimited thing where you could read comics on the same yeah. platform as these original uh, shows. But I think that like launching with six shows and just saying like, Oh, here, like enjoy. And it's like, yeah. if you're going to have them low budget and kind of like very, like just like the teen Titans has been so like, it's just, I don't. I, I don't know anyone who's like genuinely excited to see that because of the trailer was just so bad and cringy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think with with DC or with Disney and Marvel going the complete opposite direction, where it's like high budget, yeah, um, getting the original actors. You know, like how can you not get excited for that? Yeah, and I think uh, I mean Marvel seems to have a better working relationship with Disney than say Lucasfilm does <laughs> because there always seems to be a little more tension between Lucasfilm and um, Disney, and you've seen that in the kind of the, the 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 director changes they've had for the for their films, the script changes, mm-hmm. which have all been kind of very uh, well documented and made available for the public to read up on, uh, but. Uh, as Leon mentioned, I mean, as far as like the production values go, they haven't actually uh, put forth an official budget for the series, but 
I know that John Favreau's Star Wars series that the, that will also be available on the platform. Apparently, the production budget is a hundred million dollars. Oh wow! So I can only imagine that the Marvel series will probably get that similar kind of treatment. Maybe not a hundred million if it's for like a lesser known character, but something within that within that ballpark. And um, you know, going going back to our discussion about you know how we feel, I'd say that I think this is a a good way to establish lesser known characters. I know a lot of people. There's been a lot of talk about how Hawkeye is going to be reintroduced into Avengers 4. And apparently, according to Jeremy Renner, in his contract, uh, he he did have a slot slated for like a solo film. So who knows? Maybe that's going to turn into a solo series that may not necessarily be Hawkeye, but could possibly be, be based on his other character, Ronan. Mm-hmm. This, other, uh, this other kind of role he takes on in the, in the comics. Um, but, you know, going back to our, our discussion on X-Men, I, I feel Leon mentioned Blade. So that could also be a potential. And there have been, there have been some articles that come out suggesting that Wesley Snipes and Marvel have been having discussions about him returning to the role somehow. Yeah. But I wonder, you know, the, the question to me now is I think the, the, there is an opportunity to create a more consistent shared universe because as we've talked about this yes shows like ages of shield runaways daredevil punisher they're all technically part of the same universe uh but 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 the issue is they all kind of occupy an exclusive space of of the mcu so yes they're part of the same universe but they don't necessarily reference each other at least the series kind of drop like light references to events in the films but we haven't seen the reverse happen as yet so i think with the streaming service you might actually see that happening especially if you have series that feature the cast members from the movies reprising their roles of those characters yeah definitely just two two things ready to close that off like with characters like blade and kind of like like these characters like kind of Maybe you'd think deserve a more Netflix kind of treatment. Um, yeah. But with Disney now having their own streaming service, maybe they'll they'll kind of. I know Netflix sort of has the rights in perpetuity to kind of like the characters, the shows they already have now. It's all in Netflix's hands. Yeah. Whether like they they have the option to kind of con- continue these series, whether Marvel likes it or not, I believe. Um, yeah. So that's why I think after Punisher, maybe you won't be seeing any more original content. Uh, even though I feel like, because why are you, are you, is is a mature, bloody, gritty, dark show that deals with adult subjects, would you kind of see that on a Disney platform? I don't know. If they brand it, uh, if they brand it far away from the Disney name as just a, this, you know, streaming platform or whatever, then I could yeah. see them introducing kind of more mature uh, topics. But if it's yeah. kind of directly affiliated with Disney and it's more family friendly and, and all this stuff, then maybe um, they should leave it for, for, for the Netflix. Uh, well, let's put it like this. If they can't name a ride after it, they'll probably not. Get yeah. <laughs> like, what would a Jessica Jones roller coaster be like? Just like PTSD. Purple, purple <laughs> lights, like in the first episode where she Why gets the, so um, the Kilgrave <laughs> kind of... PTSD attack, just that. Oh, God. And one more thing I just wanted to add, that these Netflix or these Disney series are not being overrun or not being overseen by 
the Marvel TV division, which runs the Netflix and all these other series uh, by Jeff Loeb. Mm. And he reports to Ike Perlmutter, which is the head of the CEO of Marvel Entertainment. It's actually going to be overseen by Kevin Feige and Disney. So that news alone is also like, okay, great. Like it's going to kind of have that vision that Feige has and that that he brings to every Mm. uh, MCU movie, you know? So that's definitely a good, good thing to keep in mind. Uh, cool. Yeah. So yeah, we'll wrap up the the um, Marvel segment really quickly with what we've been reading comics wise. Uh, Leon, do you want to start? Yeah, I just got a couple this week. Um, the starting off with uh, DC actually, they released the first issue of Heroes in Crisis, um, and as someone who's you know loved these like events, um, they did Identity Crisis, which was written by Brad Meltzer, who I actually enjoy his novels as well. Um, yeah, I was looking forward to this one when I heard about it maybe a month ago, and I had no idea it was centered around my favorite DC Comics uh, character, which is Booster Gold. Um, so, yeah, I'm loving this series. It's got an interesting take to it. I know people aren't too pleased about it. Um, kind of, you know, touches on topics that people don't like to see in comics and stuff, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, Iron Hammer dropped this week. Um, it's okay. I'm not I'm not really a fantasy guy, and so I never really read Thor. So, and it was very much more Thor centered than um, Tony Stark centered. Um, mm. So, it, I think it's only a two issue run. So, I'll probably pick up the other one just for completion's sake. But um, it did have some interesting take on the uh, combination of the two. Um, New Black Panther dropped. Um, just leaves me wanting more. Um, and I picked up the Marvel Knights um, Punisher, the one, the run that um, uh, Garth Ennis and you know Brooks. I picked up the uh, yeah Garth and Brooks. I, I think. Up, yeah. yeah. So that Marvel's releasing Garth and Brooks can't make the show. <laughs> yeah, Marvel Knights. Uh, they're reissuing all these you know first issues for a dollar. So I'm like, all right, I'll pick it up. I like Garth Ennis. Well, when I was like getting back into comics, I kind of would go through his stuff, and so. Mm-hmm. I figured I'd pick it up. Yeah, those uh, Marvel yeah. True Believe the, the True Believers line. I think those are the the one dollar yeah, issues. They are so like every time I see them, I'm like, how can I not buy this for a dollar? Like they had the they had the first issue of Infinity Gauntlet, and even though I already have that digitally, I'm like, I want to own this comic just to just read the first issue in my hands, you know. Mm-hmm. So I. I I swear we're like we're like Jack from Jack and the Beanstalk when it comes to comics. Like I had this money for groceries, but I spent it. Spent it. It's like what happened to the cow? What happened to the cow, Jack? Oh, I traded it for comics. Ah, right. Well, I mean, like for me, if I'm at the store and I'm already buying an issue, and just to see another like thing that I would love to, like even if I'm mildly interested, and it's just a buck. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I buy it. Yeah, because they have like Marvel. I have I bought a Marvel Knights Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, which is Bendis's one of Bendis's mm-hmm. first issues yeah. with the characters, so it was really cool. Um, yeah, that, that's a good list of, of uh, the reading stuff, and I'm definitely the Infinity Wars stuff that's with Marvel right now. The events, I'm trying to see if I can get those uh, side, those um, kind of connecting issues with the individual characters. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I haven't read those yet. Fawaz, what have you been reading lately? Uh, yeah, so. Let's see. I've got a bunch of comics which I've bought, but I haven't had the chance to read them because of work and other things going on in my life. 
But so far, uh, I've got new issues for Black Panther, Captain America, The Punisher, Avengers, and I picked up the first issue of that limited series, uh, Wolverine. Oh, uh, Wolverine comic. So apparently he's back from the dead again. Mm-hmm. He's got so, fire claws now. He's not seriously. Like, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so, I mean, out of those, I'd say my favorites are probably Black Panther and Captain America. I mean, I'm really enjoying Black Panther. I mean, the premise is really interesting. Uh, it captures everything you would want in a comic. Good story and really cool action i mean there are some panels that are really really well done and illustrated and and you can like picture it on a big screen so i I suppose my my hope for uh this new series this new run uh that's being led by tennessee coates is that they adapt the storyline somewhere down the line into into the current uh film franchise because i think the premise is just really cool Mm-hmm. And uh, I think he's been doing a really cool job so far. That's good. That's good. Yeah, you definitely. A lot of those issues I've been reading that are really good. So hopefully you get to read them soon. Um, yeah. I haven't really bought much lately. I'm just kind of budgeting and, and trying to. Maybe I'll, I'll be buying a bunch of the stuff you guys have mentioned when uh, there's digital sale, maybe at the end of the year. But um, saving up for more Funkos. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I haven't bought them in a while, but some exclusives are coming out this this Friday. Um, there's yeah. a Golden Shuri uh, Funko and then a Korg Funko with <laughs> holding a little tiny baby Meek from the end of Ragnarok. So those two yeah. are just because they're exclusives. I really need, you know, if you don't buy them when they come out, they're going to go. So it's kind of like variant editions for comic books. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't grab them the day they're out, they're, they might be sold out the next time you go. Uh, I've been reading um, mainly Cosmic Ghost Rider, which has just been this wacky, probably the wackiest, craziest series of Marvel this year. For those who don't know, it's um, it's an it's kind of like an alternate timeline that they established in the Thanos series uh, in the Thanos Wins arc, uh, where Thanos mm-hmm. goes to the future, and there's a Cosmic Ghost Rider who kind of serves the future Thanos. And he's basically Frank Castle, who died, got brought back as a Ghost Rider, and then got infused with Galactus's cosmic powers. So it's just this wacky out there, like, character and, and setting. And he's got a five-issue miniseries now, and it's just amazing. It's just crazy, totally, like, lots of humor, lots of really crazy fights and moments, and... And uh, the art is amazing. So I'm really loving that right now. And um, I tend to jump into Marvel's um, big events whenever they're happening. So I picked up Infinity Wars. And uh, it's an interesting kind of uh, storyline and kind of the big, you know, it's almost similar to Infinity Gauntlet where like a snap happens and something, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't read it, but uh, something happens post-snap and um, um, all these characters are suddenly changed and merged. Um, so uh, I haven't, I think the, the they've, they've done the two uh, solo character tie-ins right now, but I'm waiting for the next uh, issue in the main series to see what happens. Uh, the art's really cool. I really like the, I'm, the arts, or sorry, the art's kind of like a, a bit weird, but I, it doesn't stop me from reading it and I'm really enjoying the story so far. 
and uh, you know, really interested to see how this event turns out. Uh, other than that, not really much. Just picking up kind of like the Marvel Knights as we or the True Believer one dollar issues. You know, I got like Daredevil's uh, first appearance in the in the comics. They re- reprinted that one, and um, um, probably gonna pick up like whatever True Believers I see next. Uh, yeah, that's about it for the comics and Marvel talk. We're gonna go talk about the metal segment next. This is the metal segment of the M4 podcast. We're going to talk about what we've been listening to lately. Uh, Leon, do you want to start? Yeah, I made a handy dandy list for me here, but uh, I found a couple of new bands that were pretty cool. Um, there's one called Windrunner. Um, they're on, I think, Famine Records. They just got signed. They're from Vietnam. Oh, they're wow. uh, kind of a melodic metalcore, um, genty a little bit, um, the female vocalist. Um, there's a band, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, but it's Warwan, and they're a Hindi band. Um, again, like metalcore, um, kind of that genty, kind of progressive, progressive metalcore, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, they're pretty cool. They sing all in Hindi. Oh. Uh, took a couple cues from you guys, so I checked out Ghost Key. Um, I listened to their last album. Uh, I wasn't too much into that, but I checked out um, their new single, and that kind of got my interest and novelists i finally checked out their album and i i, I dug that mm, mm, um, sick. so i ventured into some older ones too um there's been mute the saint um they're a sitar centric band so it's all instrumental it's all progressive metal genty and uh, i think it's pretty cool it's you know a lot of bands can just like throw a you know a sitar in there and you know you know, hey, we've got, we're sitar metal, but they kind of yeah. use the characteristics and the kind of, you know, playing style. Because um, it is the guy, so the, I believe it started by the sitar player, and so I'm sure he's like the main songwriter. And so, you know, it's got, it kind of utilizes the kind of um, playing style of the sitar really well. They just do some interesting things with progressive metal. And uh, I also went back to a band called Alaya or Alea. Mm-hmm. They were on Basic Records a couple of years ago. They've been, I think it's been four years since their album dropped. Um, no word on another one, but I went back and it's just so good. It's just so many hooks. Uh, it's all, it's the best way I can describe it is uh, take um, Breaking Benjamin vocals. Oh, with, sick. Sorry. With, uh, <laughs> <laughs> take Breaking Benjamin vocals. With um, say Breaking Benjamin, listen to Tesseract and like, oh, we can groove like that, oh, but also like Tool, yeah. like let's let's do some odd like meters in here, but like Tool like sped up, so it's just it's all That's it's all um, it's all singing, no screaming, but it's like really aggressive vocals. Um, it's uh, the, the it's a three piece too, so it's uh, just guitar, bass, drums, and like one of the players uh does vocals as well but yeah what, it's just what, what oh, are so these good. guys called again because when you said breaking I'm like, Benjamin, I'm like yo that singer is dope. <laughs> no that singer like if i could have a voice i would want to sound like him like he's got an awesome yeah. voice um i also like the best thing i could describe him as as the vocalist is like when people want spencer satello from periphery to sound like something like i think this is like what they want from him so it's right um i'll put a link dumped together with all the the topics we'll talk about and i'll put some um links to some of these bands as well i want to do quick shout outs to three bands who released um new albums this week so revocation put out a really good album terror and the arusha chord who's also been on hiatus for a while and they put out a little short ep i believe they're doing four eps um this one i think was six tracks and it's 
really good. It's their last album was kind of kind of not derivative. I shouldn't say. I just they kind of came out of the whole like sixth uh, tech metal UK scene, and I just kind of latched them together. But this new track or new EP, I should say, they kind of ventured off into their own sound, and it's really good. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. what I've been listening to. Nice. Yeah, I'm definitely feeling that new terror album. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of been um, my main album I've listened to, just trying to get like a good impression on it. My first couple of listens I really like. Um, it's just, uh, you know, if, you listen, if you're a fan of terror, or just you know what they sound like. It's just like another album that you've, you know what they're they're capable of delivering, and they just delivered it with with uh, total retaliation. That's the album name. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a solid hardcore album, and you know, uh, lyrics are pretty like you know straightforward, kind of hardcore, uh, quote unquote tough guy. But no, it's it's you know it's, it, it it is coming from like a place of um, you feel like you know this is someone who's singing about stuff he's gone through, and it's just not just trying to sound tough, and. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that stands out for me in the album is the interlude track with, yeah. with uh, what's his name? Vinny, is it uh, Bell? I'm not sure who it was. I didn't recognize the voice, but like, as soon as the song started, I'm like, it's obviously been a while since I listened to you know the earlier Terror where they had the rap interludes, and I'm just kind of listening to this, and I'm thinking like, am I listening to the wrong? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the wrong like, there's like a little intro where it's like they sample like a cartoon or something. It's like, kill everyone. Everyone must die. And it's like, yo, <laughs> yo. I'm like, what the fuck? Does this just go on shuffle or something? So um, I was trying to get exactly who it is. He's on the latest Straight From The Past album too. Right. Vinny Paz. Yeah. Okay. So he was on the street. He's, he's kind of always been involved in kind of like the hardcore scene, uh, even though he, he does his own rap stuff. But yeah, it was just a weird interlude. Uh, to have yeah. in the middle of the album, it's just him. There's no guitars. There's no nothing. So uh, there's no like guest. The, 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 no one else from Terror is on. It's just his track in the middle of the Terror album. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, it was weird. But I definitely I'm digging, digging the album. I can't wait to see them. They're coming in October. They're just doing a headline tour now. Uh, and another band on that tour called Candy dropped uh, their album on on the same day. And it's just really heavy, aggressive, hardcore, like just. You know, when there's hardcore bands that kind of follow the straightforward, like, um, you know, t- like more of terror style, but then now there are these newer hardcore bands where it's just getting really gnarly, really loud, really kind of like almost extreme. Like there's suddenly there's like blast, like they're blasting, doing blast beats in the middle of a track. So uh, I kind of really dig this kind of heavier side of hardcore that's been coming out lately. And then next to that, just Ghost Key, uh, like uh, Leon said. Uh, really digging their new single. They're dropping a new album in November, but uh, their new single, Detach, has been really good. Uh, kind of, there's some changes uh, in terms of the vocals and the riffs, but it's kind of the same style of their uh, melodic hardcore sound that they've had. And the new Unearth, they dropped a new, another new song called Survivalist, and it's kind of more of the same to expect for them, you know, really kind of. Um, good riffs, good chunky breakdowns, and kind of like you know straightforward vocals. So excited to hear that! And yeah, that's pretty much it. Fawaz, what have you been listening to? So a lot of the albums that I'm currently listening to, they've been released this year, but you know nothing within the 
say last two months. Well, actually, one of them was released in August. So uh, shout out to this band. Huge shout out to this band because they're back in the UAE. Uh, Private Government, they just put out uh, a second album Mm -hmm. uh, back in August called Come and Take. Uh, Wasn't expecting a second album. I wasn't really, well, I was following them on uh, Facebook, but I must have missed all their announcements uh, and their posts leading up to the album release. So Come and Take. Uh, I think they the band originally started out as a kind of a, a collaborative um, kind of project led by um, Mill Milton. I forget his mm-hmm. last name, but anyway, he got different singers and performers from the uh, the UAE scene and brought them together and just put them on their first album, which was the first uh, private government album. And the second one has a more cons- consistent lineup, I think. And sound wise, it's kind of like metalcore meets melodic death metal meets kind of classic thrash classic heavy metal so huge shout out to them for getting that album out it's it's really good i'd highly recommend it to everyone out there uh also another shout out to a band in the middle east that i came across i think it was on someone's instagram feed actually they're a band from lebanon called slave to sirens they're an all-female metal band and they're kind of like thrash slash death. I think the way I would describe them is uh, Arch Enemy meets uh, oh, Warbringer. Nice. That's, a good combo. That's the best way to describe their music. Yeah, so if you're craving something heavy, something thrashy, this is the band for you. And I love the fact it's all female. I think that's great. Typically, we're used to seeing like the, the metal band that's fronted by a woman. I think it's nice to see a band that is all women uh you know and you know you know it's and it's and they completely kick ass so that's another one that i'm listening to and the one that i'm most excited about and i think i've spoken to you guys about them is this band called zeal and ardor um from europe i can't can't remember where exactly but basically they're an amalgamation of black metal and gospel music that's such (laughs) a weird combo they originally it's such a weird combo, but when you listen to it, I, I would like to—I th- would like to say that they think hosier with shredding <laughs> guitars and like really kind of eerie, haunting chants. That's pretty much what they sound like. And basically, the founder of the band—he went—he used to go on 4chan and he would be like, "All right, hey, suggest two random uh, music genres, and I'll make a song." which is a combination of those two. So some jackass on the forum was like, make a music, which is black metal meets N-word music. And that's pretty much where the band started. It started out as a joke, but they're like, hey, this actually sounds really cool. And the concept leading the band is, you know, it's kind of a foray into kind of, I guess you could say revisionist history. Basically, they look at slaves in the United States and the premise is, okay, instead of slaves embracing Christianity, what if they had base what if they had embraced um, oh, Satanism wow. instead to kind of liberate themselves? So uh, it's definitely worth a listen. I generally don't listen to a lot of black metal, so this would be a first. I don't know if you could call it black metal. It's completely unlike mm-hmm. anything else I've heard. So hot huge nice. record. Yeah, it's 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 such a weird so combination and and it's 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 so cool that like you know 
when you think everything's been done in music already, someone comes and be it's a band like this yeah. comes around and says like, nope, like there's still more to be done. There's still more original yeah. ideas and more uh, kind of sounds yeah. to explore. Yeah, and and like, you know I, how I mentioned it was it started out as a joke. I mean, sometimes uh, you know the best ideas start off as jokes. I mean, freaking "Sweet Child of Mine" by Guns N' Roses was originally a joke by Slash. Apparently, the story is that he was they were rehearsing, and Slash was with Steven Adler, and he says, "Hey, check this out. I'm going to play the circus theme on my guitar," but he played it differently, and then Steven Adler's like, "Hey, wait, 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 wait." You know, repeat that melody, and I think we have something. And boom, oh, their wow. biggest hit to date. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes the best ideas start yeah. from dumb <laughs> ideas. <laughs> and um, we could go talk about the new "All That Remains." I think we've all listened to that. The the new single, which was "Fuck Love," and um, yeah. they just kind of released more information about the new album. It's called "Victim of the New Disease." So, what do you guys think about the the single? And uh, just a quick like thing for a little tidbit for everyone who's listening. Uh, one of the first times I think all three of us met was seeing All That Remains doing a live recording of uh, MTV Live, which was this um, show they used to do in, in downtown Toronto where uh, they'd book a band, they'd play like a, uh, they'd do like an interview on set uh, sometimes, and then they'd do like a short set of like two, three songs, and it would be aired on TV and, and online. So we all went to this, and we actually got to meet Phil Labonte right after the show and talked to him for like about an hour and a half, which was really cool of him. Uh, super yeah. cool. It's still super like one cool of the guy. fondest memories I have of that band. And, and the, this was pre awesome tune. Yeah. Right? This is when they were still kind of heavy and we were like, in, you know, they were kind of one of the big names in metalcore. And since then they've kind of gone more melodic, more, uh, I guess you could say mainstream rock or hard rock. So yeah. they kind of dropped, they dropped off my radar after that. I not the type to kind of like hate a band once they decide to change the sound. If it's if I don't like it, that's it. I'm just gonna forget about them and you know uh, not pay attention to them and just go listen to what I like to listen. You know, focus on what you like. If you're not a fan of a band and they they change their sound, it's okay to be kind of upset about it or it's, it's okay to feel like crap this time's not going to write any more music but you know those albums are still there for you to listen and yeah. i'm sure another band out there is con- kind of continuing the stuff you love about them but yeah this new song fuck love when i i listened to it and i heard they're kind of going back to being a heavy band i was like i listened to it and i was like oh wow this is like kind of all that remains that i remember and that you know i really like so it was definitely heavy it was definitely like just you know full-on riffs and 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 you know none of that hard rock stuff that they've been doing lately what did you guys think about it um yeah i wasn't expecting the song to be that heavy so i guess that's an indication that they're making some sort of return to form also uh i forget the name of the producer he used to be in the acacia strain so i feel like oh uh, dl yeah yeah daniel at Kiewitz. I'm probably butchering that last yeah. name, but well, it seems. Yeah, it's certainly. I mean, it, I mean, I, I never was a huge fan of the Acacia Strain, but you know, they were a heavy band, so it seems like that influence is um, certainly taken over. All that remains, and uh, who knows? Maybe this was something they were planning from the get go. I often wonder: Did they get to a point where they were tired of being a metal band and they wanted to try something that was a little 
more melodic or do they do it simply to get a commercial audience? Who knows? I mean, I don't think there's necessarily wrong with either one of them. I'm wondering if now that they have that radio rock audience, they're like, okay, we've got them. They dig what they like. They also dig some of the older stuff. Now we can go back to what we used to sound like. And I don't necessarily think it's uh, it's a return to form. I feel like it's, okay, let's, let's just go back to being heavy without sounding exactly how we were on like this dark and hard, the fall of Eos. Because if you, if you've been on their Instagram, they've been posting a clip uh, from each song over the, over like the course of like 10 days, which totally lines up with the track listing. Cause there are like mm-hmm. 10 songs on the album. So on their Instagram, they've been posting, I don't know what the mm-hmm. actual term, like these videos and they have their like snippets of, of the songs in the background. Um, so, and, and each one of the songs have been numbered. So it's like one, there's a new snippet two, there's a new snippet three, new snippet. So it certainly sounds like a heavy album. Is it a complete return to form? I don't know, but like based off those clips, I'm already sold and I'll definitely be picking it up. So. Uh, yeah, definitely. And just from the first song, I know they did a lyric video. I, I wish fans would have more budgets for actual music videos these yeah. days, but you gotta you gotta work with what you get from the label. They're still on Razor and Tie, so uh, just to have that label that's been with them with all these kind of different, more mainstream albums, and to probably say hear this album, and be like, all right, we're gonna put it out, um, which that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Leon, what do you think of, of of the album and the new single? Um, first, I just want to say I just was looking through their um, Wikipedia page and I pulled up the new uh, album, um, the page for the new album and uh, listed under producers is DL. Yes. And Fawaz Azim. Oh, what? <laughs> what? Here, hold on. Here, get this. What? So I followed the link. I'm like, Oh, that's a strange one. They spelled your name wrong too. It's F A W A S. But I went to the footnote and it took me to the post and it, because Phil tagged you in his comment, I guess people think that you're first. What? So I got some screenshots. What the hell is this? You're listed as a co-producer. That's amazing. I am so good. I don't even know what I'm doing at the time. Dude, so we'll see how long that goes on. Please, 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 right please get uh, yeah, I've got it. Holy shit! What the hell? What the hell is this? Yes. Thank you. Thank you for putting on me on the map, Phil. I appreciate that. I owe you one. Congrats on the uh, man. Um, you were, thanks, you know, we man. had you here the whole time, and you're, you're just thanks, man. It, it, it was a lot of uh, you know drinking and eating food and just saying that shit. Do it again. Um, you know, I'm very pleased to be part. So wait, of did, like, did he respond to you? On do you remember him? Yes. Oh, there it is. So yeah, produced it, Josh Wilbur. Yeah, I see his comment to you. <laughs> oh, I see this. Okay, that's so funny. Wow, that is amazing. I got his. I got that's a screen. Uh, I mean, like, fucking. I'll get it from Leon later. But... I can see where someone mixed it up. Yeah, but because, because yeah. of him replying to you, yeah. your name comes first, yeah. and he tagged DL. Yeah, that's, that's hilarious. <laughs> What the hell is this? <laughs> Alright, cool. We're just gonna move this on because this is probably people are listening and it's gonna be like, wow. But if I if if you go to the if you're imagine you're, you're talking to someone and you go to the Wikipedia page or something you're talking about and they're already there. I mean it's some someone made a mistake, but just yeah. to see it so officially, even though anyone can edit Wikipedia is just hilarious. Apparently you can't spell though, so Yeah. <laughs> but fair enough. 
Um, cool. Shout out to that guy who Shout edited out, the yeah, Wikipedia man. page. Thanks for putting me on. Uh, <laughs> um, but wait, do you think? What do you think about the album and the song? I gave a song a quick listen to this morning, uh, just before we started this, because I hadn't listened to it yet. But yeah, it's heavy. I don't think there was any clean singing there. I think it was all heavy, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was kind of remember. Kind of reminded me of uh, you know like the weak willed or something like that mm-hmm. from early on. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know that I'll. I might give the album a listen. Like they haven't been on my radar for yeah. probably ten years now, but uh, you know, it might not be so bad. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely. You know, I haven't even listen to the older stuff i just would hear like the single and be like all right this is not for me and then Fawaz usually tells me um how the album is so i get his impression i'm like yeah i'm probably not gonna like it so uh but i saw an updated post on a news on um on the prp today and they updated kind of their their uh post about the new album details and then phil made a comment of the album saying we decided to throw a curveball and do the heaviest record since For We Are Many in 2010. It was yeah. the perfect way to follow up Madness, which is their last record, where we did some different styles and songs and even covered a country song, which I didn't even yeah. know they did that. People yeah, might have expected know. something more experimental, but throwing curveballs is what we do. So um, that's an interesting yeah. thing to hear and kind of reassures. I know every band says, like, the star heaviest album yet or our best album yet, but... Yeah, um, I'm definitely gonna give this a listen when it comes out November 9th. And um, another cool thing is uh, Danny Warsnop from Asking Alexandria will be on one of the songs. Oh, uh, so it'll be cool to see uh, what he what he brings to the table. I think this is the first time they've done like a, a proper collaboration of sorts. Yeah, they've never have they ever had guest vocals on uh, their older stuff. Not that I recall. Yeah, no, I don't remember um, anything on the first three albums so yeah i don't think that i think you know any like additional singing when genie was still in the band uh, yeah the or it's been would, like, someone in the band doing like backing yeah. kind of growling or something so yeah. she would do like some clean vocals and background screams yeah um and i think their current bass player does that yeah bubble who's in bury your dead yeah that's pretty yeah. cool that he's in this band full-time now um, and he's jacked yeah, like, hell, like holy crap! I look at his Instagram and like I gotta work out. That dude is jacked. Shout, you know, also shout out to Phil though. That guy stays in shape. I mean, and, and at a guy his age, it's not easy to do it. Traveling on the road. I mean, I can't. I mean, Leon. We'll probably touch on this in another episode. But Leon, you've been on tour. I mean, you don't always have the best food options when you're touring. Um, so you know, shout out to both of them for staying in shape and you know maintaining. Because that's not easy to do. Yeah, I hear a lot of bands just they 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 find like a gym and they just hit that up instead of just kind of doing yeah. like touristy stuff, especially if they've been there before. So it's all they can afford. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the dark side like, of the music. Industry. Eat food or go to the gym. Spend one hour. <laughs> um, cool. So that's yeah. that wraps up the all our main like talking about the new all our mains. Uh, is there any yeah. uh, concerts or albums or? kind of things that you're looking forward to that are coming up in music that you want to talk about? Uh, so as for like releases coming out next month, nothing to, there's nothing springs to mind. I know Smashing Pumpkins, I think is issuing an album, a new album in November, I want to say, or it could be December. 
but I've, uh, you know, more, less so on the rock metal side for me, but more so for hip hop, I've ordered the new uh, Logic album that comes out. It should be, I ordered it last week, so it should arrive here soon. Oh, nice. So I'm looking forward to that. So I think he's like out of all the kind of younger generation rappers, I think he's really dope. Sweet, sweet. And uh, Leon, is there anything you're looking forward to? I mean, as of this recording, I don't know, by the time it's posted, it might be out, but I'm just waiting for this new Kanye to drop. Oh. It's supposed to be out at midnight, mm-hmm. nothing happening. Well, apparently Lil um, Wayne like, released an album overnight. Uh, he did it Friday, like Friday, you know, yeah. midnight, mm-hmm. you know, 12 a.m. Yeah. He released that one. I haven't given a listen yet. Mm-hmm. It's downloaded. Mm-hmm. Um, and I believe this band, Winner, that I mentioned earlier, I think they have a new album coming out in the next couple of months mm-hmm. so i'm looking forward to that one nice nice um for me not, nothing too big on the radar just maybe the new all that remains when it drops and uh, ghost key i'm probably going to pre-order that record um i'm still listening to new terror and uh, i actually saw i don't know if they did a deal with itunes but their new album is like six bucks on itunes mm-hmm. right now like 5.99 and i've never bought on itunes before i'm usually a Bandcamp guy but um I'm probably just going to drop like six bucks on it just to help a band with their first week sales because that stuff means the world to bands. They usually just first week sales kind of indicates like, uh, you know, how much they've grown from their last album. Do they still have people that are willing to kind of drop right. money on a product mm-hmm. and an album? So for six bucks, you know, yeah. why not do that? Um, that, the new Ghost Key, uh, that's probably in the new on earth those are the things that are on top of my head right now as for shows october is absolutely yeah. loaded um uh, on thanksgiving monday for us canadians yeah. thanksgiving monday after the burial and the acacia strains uh, rare form across the continent tour um is coming to toronto and the phoenix theater it's such a huge venue uh it's probably going to be a barricade which sucks but just mm-hmm. i love this lineup I love that after the burial, we're playing all of Rare Form. I love that Casey Strain are playing all of Continent. And Era and Make Them Suffer have been like two of my favorite mm-hmm. bands in the last year or so. So, um, apart from that, Terror's Total Retaliation Tour with Harm's Way and uh, Backtrack, Gear of the Knife and Candy is coming. Um, just to add, Harm's Way got their gear stolen on the one of the first few days of the tour, uh, $20,000 worth of gear uh they just lost that stuff so i gave five bucks to that uh they they they, they initially didn't want to do a mm-hmm. gofundme and they said just like come to the shows buy our merch uh buy our merch online like we'll do that but um uh the singer of twitching tongues a band called twitching tongues is like good friends with them and he said fuck it like i'm probably i'm assuming he said fuck it i'm doing this thing for you because you guys need to swallow mm-hmm. your pride and accept that people are willing to give you money and he set it up and they've kind of like accepted the fact like look we're, we're gonna swallow our pride and just accept this generosity generosity right now and they've gotten so much money within um like the yeah. first few days of it being or the first day or two of being it up so that's gotta um, suck i mean not just from a financial standpoint you know, i mean like the fact i mean i think about what it would be like if somebody stole my electric guitar and i was just like Damn, yeah it's like the instruments shit, themselves man. you know like not even just the gear or not even just like you know just how much it costs this is like what it means yeah, like, what it means to you the, the non-financial yeah. like attachment to it you know it's a sentimental um, value right so, yeah uh, well, good thing is Ibanez, they're, they're, um, I don't know if they're sponsored by Ibanez, but, um, or endorsed rather, um, but they deliver new guitars to them like the next day. 
So, uh, you know, that's really cool to see like uh, a guitar company be so ready to kind of like help a band out. Yeah, we'll definitely share a link for that campaign so that people can go out and support them. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll put a link for them. Um, you know, every little bit helps. Or if you're just going to the show, just go go see the band, uh, buy a shirt, buy their, their latest album, Post Human, is, is still one of my favorites of the year. Uh, you know, buy that if you, if you really, you know, want to support music. Um, that's that's coming in Toronto as part of Not Dead Yet Fest, which is like this huge hardcore festival yeah. that's over like a bunch of venues downtown. I kind of wanted to go see Turnstile two days after Terror plays, but I don't know if I will just because of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool. It's a matinee show, so like it's from like twelve to six p.m. Mm-hmm. So uh, you don't see many of those. A few days before that, um, Mike Shinoda is doing uh, the Monster Energy Outbreak tour. Oh, uh, where he's kind of playing his his material, material from Fort Minor and Lincoln Park's material. Uh, I didn't even know this was happening until uh, the support band got added, which is Don Broco, which I just saw at Warp tour this summer and uh, really kind of like just got hooked on their sound, which is kind of like this mm-hmm. um, little hard, little heavier than most hard rock bands. But there's like you know a lot of good melody, a lot of good grooves, right. a little good, lot of lot of good um, things happening in the song. And I, as soon as I saw them live, I just I was just. Like I was just sitting at the back, but I was just so captivated by their performance. Mm-hmm. And I, if I was to go to that show, I would just go mainly for them, just because uh, they're a band from the UK and they don't really get to come here that often. So, and uh, at the end of the month, it's Emir and Six Year Guns at the Opera House. Uh, definitely looking forward to that. I love both those bands. Uh, Wage War and Sanction are opening that, which are and the, just the whole lineup is just like full of these bands that really don't really sound like each other, but they find a way to kind of. Uh, you know, every band brings something heavy to the table and definitely looking forward to that. Um, and that's all the shows for me in October. Hopefully I, I still have money to pay the bills and, and stuff afterwards. <laughs> yeah, you know, take your girlfriend um, out for uh, a <laughs> date. Take like, her to one of these shows. Wait, maybe we can go to date night. Why is that? Uh, concerts, comics. <laughs> do you want to have a date night? At <laughs> date night at Timmy's. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um, that's it for our, our metal segment, and we're just gonna wrap up the episode. Uh, probably we're gonna try be to try and do this monthly with maybe uh, a separate episode deep diving into whatever big topics we can talk about, whether it's a new Marvel movie or a new Netflix show or something happening in the music scene that we can really go deep deep into and talk about. Um, by the time we record the next episode, we're going to definitely have impressions about Daredevil Season 3 yeah. and um, whatever news is out then. Music-wise, we're going to keep listening to new stuff, checking out new albums, and uh, going to talk about the shows. Mm-hmm. We just The shows I just uh, talked about, I'll probably just talk about how they were and how, how the shows were live. And that's about it. Uh, we're just going to... Do you guys want to drop your social media stuff and and where where people can follow you yeah uh people can follow me at fawaz that's spelled f-a-w-a-z-a-z-i-m all lowercase so it's just first name and last name so on instagram yeah i'm also on instagram mostly um i'm under dlx 
F-U-E-N-T-E-S. And uh, I'll definitely have a link dump for this episode put up. So all the topics we've discussed and all of our social media handles, you'll find that in the description. And for me, Sarah, you can find me as void as necessary, one word, on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, we were looking to probably have something specific for M4 Podcast. So um, we will announce that soon. Probably in the next episode, we will have something. We'll announce it at the start of the episode when when we get that up and running. Because, uh, you know, we want people to kind of have like a central hub for um, everything M4 podcast related. Yeah. Uh, but this episode will be available on, I believe we're going to have it on like iTunes. Leon, you know more about this, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the hope. I haven't looked too deep into this cause we haven't put out mm-hmm. uh, an episode yeah. yet, but it should be pretty easy to get that out there. All right, cool. Yeah. So next time we'll definitely have everything ready and, uh, you guys can follow us for now on our social media links and we'll keep you guys posted. All right. That's a wrap for this episode, guys. See you next time.